Hard work spotlights the character of people. Some turn up their sleeves, some turn up their noses, and some don't turn up at all. Sam Ewing. Hey, my name is Zach, and this is the Plaid Jacket Philosopher, the podcast for tradespeople in the blue-collar middle class. I'm hoping to punch a few holes in the stereotypes that surround blue-collar workers and hopefully share a lot of the stories behind how we got into our line of work and the honest joy you can get from working outside of the office space. The plan is to mix in interviews as well as some solo stories from job sites, fatherhood, and personal experiences that led me to where I am today. Some will be funny, some will be personal, but hopefully any and all content here can help broaden what your opinion is of the blue-collar middle class. Hey everybody, welcome to another week. Uh, This episode was kind of, you know, in part inspired by Dustin. You, if you've been a long-term listener to the podcast, you'll probably recognize him from episode 10 and 25. We've done two conversations so far. And if you're newer to the podcast, I really recommend you listening to those two. They're particularly inspiring stories. Well, kind of the same story continued in different, uh, different stages of his recovery. But recently, he's kind of taken a whole new step, and it's exciting. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I couldn't be more happy for him. He's recently become a member of Paragolf Canada as a paraplegic golfer and trying to basically take a stab at, at becoming the best in his field. And it's kind of cool to see because... You know, three plus years, he was told that he may never and probably will never walk again. And yet here he is. It's wild. And so anyway, in the the show notes for this episode, I'm going to include a link to his to a GoFundMe that was set up for him. Um, It's just trying to cover basically um, membership fees, um, any upcoming tournament costs, you know, being a paraplegic and suffering the spinal injury. Costs can be difficult to cover. It, he doesn't have the same availability to work or the same capacity to work. And so uh, this is just something really cool that I, I would encourage anybody who can. I mean, again, I know times are tough. I'm not trying to guilt you into anything, but I'm going to make it available to you guys. And if you want to donate to his cause, it, it's a worthy cause. It's really exciting. It's cool to follow his journey. And he's very active on social media. So if you go through those links, you're going to find his social media as well. And I encourage you to kind of follow along and see his progress. But it's just amazing to me for somebody to come back from something like that, that, I mean, really kind of derails your life when you're, you know, 31 years old, you all of a sudden you have two kids and and all of a sudden you have a, a spinal injury that leaves you unable to walk or move anything below your waist. It's just, you know, I, I've tried to put myself in that situation. I mean, I'm 31 now. And I don't know how I would handle it at all. I don't think that I would have the same positive outlook that he did. But watching his journey and seeing just the progress that he's made is incredible. And so again, I encourage you to follow him along. He also has a Twitch channel that he's been doing. And um, yeah, so anyway, Dustin is kind of the inspiration for this episode, just seeing this massive step that he took. And we're going to kind of take a look at just the idea behind hard work and the fact that you can really... You know, I don't want to use the overused term of pull yourself up by your bootstraps because, you know, it's it's kind of cliched at this point, but there is so much that we can do and accomplish just by kind of putting your head down and just getting after it. So let's look at kind of some of the first steps that it takes if you're going to go after and achieve something that may seem insurmountable or, quite frankly, too big of a task for you. 
I know in speaking to Dustin previously, he had talked about how, you know, his doctors told him that realistically he may never and probably would never walk again, at least not in any kind of a normal sense. But, and so maybe for him, uh, I'm sure that a doctor would have recommended him not to shoot that high, especially not to shoot high enough to play golf at any kind of a competitive level. But even the idea of walking may have seemed, you know, almost almost crazy, maybe even borderline delusional at, at that stage. But, you know, again, like, I have some crazy and what I would call delusional goals for the podcast. Like, I've got my, my little notebook here that I kind of write down notes for every episode or when I'm doing a conversation just to keep my mind sharp and kind of loop back to talking points. But in the first page of my notebook, I've got goals written down, and some of them are just you know, download achievements or number of episodes released or, you know, numbered goals, things that things that you can really easily uh, measure and manage and kind of track your progress, right? You want to see downloads going up. But, you know, those goals, I mean, some of them sure are lofty and probably unattainable, but over time, who knows, right? But I've got other ones in there, like specific people that I would like to speak to or, podcasts that I'd like to go on or you know things like that or different people that I'd like to be in a room with that realistically they seem pretty delusional at this stage and I you know I've talked about kind of goal setting before how you have to have smaller incremental goals that you can reach but at the same time having that really high level of a goal at the end or some kind of achievement that you're always striving for it keeps you in that that mindset of continuing to move forward. You're always going for that next goal. Even if you've you've crushed these little short-term goals and you're trying to figure out what the next baby step is up that mountain that you're trying to climb, if you have some clear, defined end point that you would like to get to, like that's I do think that's very helpful to have. And again, Dustin had that. Like he obviously he may have at, at certain points thought that it was unachievable or unattainable, but he kept going. He never gave up. And that's kind of the same idea that I have here too, is you, sometimes you do need something at the end of the tunnel that may seem crazy. And like, I don't, again, I'm not telling you guys what these goals are out loud. I don't tell anybody these goals out loud. It's it's not that kind of thing yet. I'll tell people certain download goals or different, smaller, more achievable goals that I have. But these ones I don't really put out there yet, maybe because it's I'm a, I'm a little embarrassed just to even, I mean, they, they seem crazy and they are crazy, but who knows? Like, I do find that there's value in having something like that, that you're always reaching for, you're always looking towards, and it's something that you just keep on the back burner. It's not something that you, you think about every day, but, you know, every month or every couple of months, you look back and you say, oh yeah, that's still there. Like, that's something that I want to achieve And it's just good to kind of orient you, give yourself a direction, and you know what you're aiming at. And these goals can come in the form of work too. Like I've had them set, and at one point, kind of the highest, loftiest, what seemed to be unattainable at the time was to become a journeyman. Like I wanted to complete my schooling, get my four years, my 6,500 hours on the job experience done. And, uh, And that, you know, when I began at 15, that really seemed like a long shot, a a far you know, a a long-term goal that I didn't 
you know, it, it felt like it was really far away and I had all these baby steps to go in between, including just finishing year one through four and then working my way up to my interprovincial exam. And then, you know, then I finally completed that. I write my, my IP, I get my red seal and then I'm good to go. But then, you know, it's, it's funny what happens if your goals really aren't always big enough. Because for me, for example, once I got my red seal, I had no idea what to do at the time. Uh, I did get it fairly young because I just, I put my head down and all I was focused on was getting that red seal. That's all that I wanted to get to. And I've said before that I'm a pretty goal-oriented person. So if I have something that I'm going towards, I'm going to put 100% of my effort into that. That's what I'm going to achieve. So that was my longest term goal at the time. And then I completed it and I had no idea what I was doing at that point. Then I just felt floating and I realized like, oh, so this is it. Like now I'm a, a red seal journeyman. I'm an electrician and this is what I'm going to do for the next 45 years until I retire. And you know, that, that made work pretty dull, pretty quick because I had nothing that I was striving towards, you know, like, yeah, making money and earning a wage is great and all. And especially as you get older and you start to find meaning outside of just work goals, you know, i.e. kids, wife, family, whatever the case may be, that provides a lot of meaning. And that that gives you a whole new different outlook on work in general. But at the time when I was 2021, 20, I had no idea what I was going to do. And so I had to really go back to the drawing board, formulate a whole nother set of goals. Then it kind of focused more on home ownership and eventually, but I never actually made a plan for this, was to own an electrical company, which is something I'm in the process of trying to, uh, you know, transition into ownership of the company that I work for right now. So that's kind of stressful. It's something that's been eating up a lot of my time, a lot of my mental energy. That's for sure. I definitely get anxious about it, knowing the, uh, the workload that I'm about to take on. But again, it's the next challenge. I mean, hell, if I can handle four kids or well with my wife's help obviously if I can handle four kids I'm pretty sure that I can figure out how to run an electrical company doing something that I've already been doing for 16 years so it's just the next stage there's always growing pains there's always things that you get nervous about but overall I would say I'm excited but anyway as usual I got off track again the idea here is to have Goals that are long enough term that they continue to give you meaning or something to drive towards. Yes, incrementable goals are great, but if you ever get to the point where you've crushed all of them and you don't have something set far enough ahead, you are going to feel a little bit just like you're out of place. You're kind of floating around. Um, you're just treading water at, at that point. It's tough to really feel like you're accomplishing a ton if you don't have something that you're looking forward to. Now, obviously, we can have all the goals in the world that we want, we can set our expectations as high as we possibly can. You know, that's great. We still are missing about 85 to 90% of the equation of what gets us there. And that is the actual effort that's put in. We can all probably think of somebody we've seen on social media or online somewhere that just went viral and seemed to pop up out of nowhere. Now, in some of these cases, yeah, maybe it is just that lucky. In a lot of other cases, you know, you don't see the years of effort put in behind, like, for example, I don't know, some musician where they may have been slaving away on, you know, music that they were passionate about, they loved for years. And then all of a sudden, one single just happens to pop and hit and it it makes it for them. And to the general public, it looks like 
They're a one-hit wonder. They're a viral sensation. It just happened out of nowhere. I mean, a lot of the times we don't even see the work that's put in on these air quote viral stars, right? And I'm not talking about TikTokers and stuff like that. I think <laughs> I think that's just lightning in a bottle and it's probably, you know, a blip, that 15 minutes of fame. It'll probably fizzle pretty quickly. But regardless, what I'm talking about is the step-by-step and the compounding effort that you put into life to move yourself forward. Uh, and that's in no way meant to be discouraging. Like I think there's a lot of value and a lot of meaning that can be pulled from literally willing yourself forward and moving yourself through life by gradually increasing your capability. I'll relate it back to a carpenter. You know, maybe maybe the first thing you learn how to do is frame a wall and then you learn how to box out a window. Or I don't know, maybe you learn how to form and yeah, form and then pour a foundation. I, I don't know. I'm not a carpenter, but the idea is that you learn it task by task, step by step, and then gradually, all of a sudden, you're capable of building an entire house. And it's, you know, that when you're going through it, that process seems really long and really slow and almost tedious because you end up having to master each step as you go before you can move on to the next task. But, you know, that that journey can be fulfilling. Like, and again, I think that's why there's so much beauty in the trades. And it's something that you know, I was talking to Mark, I can't remember actually if it was on my podcast or his, we had two episodes that we actually recorded within a week of each other. So I get them mixed up a little bit. But he had mentioned that I kind of maybe romanticize the trades. And I think that I do. Uh, I, I, I don't mean to kind of over accentuate it or try to exaggerate the effects of working with your hands. But I do think that there is a lot of value in it that maybe the average person doesn't see. Uh, you, you don't see trades glorified on TV or in the media. You just, you don't see that stuff. It's not a flashy job. It's not something that, that really garners a lot of attention. And I can understand why. Like, who wants to be covered in sawdust and dirt and whatever? You got cuts, you're bleeding at the end of the day. Like, it's not, it's not the cleanest or prettiest work, but the value that you can pull out of building something with your own two hands and seeing a project through is incredible. And that's, that's the whole mentality behind this gradual buildup in life and this gradual learning of different skills and building up your capability. You can physically see the progress that you're making every time because you're building it, you're putting it together, you're machining it, whatever the case may be. You can see the progress from start to finish and you know exactly, you can pinpoint exactly what part of the project your hands specifically developed. And again, maybe that sounds like I'm romanticizing it. And, you know, maybe I am. Again, I I do have a real love and affinity for the trades. And I think it's something that I'm trying to convey on this podcast. So if that's coming across, then good. It's intended. But again, that's just, yeah, that's what I enjoy about it is that there's a real manifestation of the effort that you're putting in. You're able to see it. So it's not just this abstract idea like, For me personally, and this isn't to anybody of you listening who work an office job, I just, I can't do it. I I couldn't do it. I know that there's ways that you can kind of see your, your progress and you can see the input that you've had on a project, whatever it may be. But to me, I've got to be moving. I've got to be physically putting things together. I can't be sitting still. It was why I did horribly in school, why I didn't even, I never even considered the idea of going to university or college for anything else like trade school was as much as I could do it at a time it was 10 weeks straight and then that was followed by you know roughly 
1,800 to 2,000 hours on the tools, and then that was considered one year of your apprenticeship done. But I could not picture myself sitting in a class. I just, that wasn't my idea of it. So that's why I like to be able to physically see what I've put together and how far I've kind of built myself up. And this now translated kind of to the podcast here. That's why I kind of keep a running marker in my book of just, you know, download goals that I've hit or episode goals that I've hit. It's a way to kind of keep track because, again, when I'm not physically building something, it's hard for me to visualize the progress. You know, I can look at, for example, I mean, probably the easiest one is download numbers. I can look at them and see that they're going up and see that they're going up at an increasing rate or whatever. And that, you know, that that's good, but I need to keep track of it. I need to be able to scale it up and see how it's coming along. That's just how my brain works. And I would recommend, you know, if you guys have a hard time keeping track of progress in your life or feeling like you're accomplishing anything, write out a set of incremental goals, one that you can ones that you can measure, you can easily identify, write them out and cross them off as you crush them because it helps you gain that level of confidence again. I know this isn't exactly talking about our big glorifying overarching goal at the end. I'm talking about the little goals in between, but you know, it's all part of that grind and there's something that you know, we're not all going to get that uh, rocket ship to stardom, that that viral moment. So we might as well enjoy the grind and the, the slow build to the top because, again, you can find a lot of meaning in it. And when you do start to, to hit those goals and start to reach that peak, it's going to be so much sweeter. It's also good to keep in mind that, you know, we aren't owed anything. There is no guaranteed anything in this life. We're not always going to get a hand up or a leg up. A lot of the time we just got to scratch and claw our way up the hill. And again, you can look at that as a bad thing. I choose not to because I kind of appreciate that grind. I kind of like seeing how far I've been able to pull myself up. You know, of course, we've all got um, support networks. Some of us are better off that way. We've got we've got more friends around, we've got more family to, to help us along the way. But at the same time, you know, none of us are owed anything. Nobody said that, you know, life is going to be easy or that we're always going to get a life raft for when the water gets rough. Sometimes it means us just barely keeping our head above water as the waves are rolling around us. Career advancement is rough. We've got a lot of competition all around us. You know, there's no way to avoid that. But at the same time, I, I wouldn't try to. A lot of the time that, you know, iron sharpens iron. It'll really... It'll help hone your skills. It'll help you know what what weaknesses you have to improve and where you have to get better. And it all around, I'm all for competition. As long as it's fair, that's really all that matters because that's going to drive you to get better. And again, you know, the sooner that we kind of embrace that idea that it is a little bit of a grind, we are going to be competing against other people. It's going to give us it's going to give us a longer time to stick into the fight and to really start pulling ourselves up towards our goals. Because that's another thing that I think gets lost a lot of the time, like as far as success in any given field. A lot of people think that you're just handed an opportunity or you're just given something. A lot of the time, it's it's just measured off of time. Like you can check whoever is the most successful in, in I'd say, 95% of given fields and it's going to be measured out by their time in that field, whatever it may be. Like in trades, you know, a lot of the time, uh, the guys who are most well off have been in it the longest time. They've learned their lessons. They've learned different lessons along the way, like financial advice, which 
I wish to God they would teach you some kind of basic understanding in high school. It would just, you know, I mean, I know myself, I was an idiot. I fell into credit card debt and everything else. And then that was a lot of why I ended up going out of town was to start paying that off. And then I realized like, holy shit, I could actually make a living up here and start working towards a house. But anyway, I'm going to get way off track again. But the idea is that you know, embrace that grind. And as so- the sooner that you embrace it and you stop fighting and just being envious of everybody around you, the longer time you have to start going towards your goals. Once you can set aside all those type of distractions or, again, envies or just feeling like you're jealous of somebody for something that they had and you don't have, like, you can just kind of tune all that white noise out and start going single-mindedly at whatever goal it is that you're trying to accomplish. Now, transitioning into kind of how I've seen this effect take place with kids, and again, this isn't kind of my normal-ish episode where, you know, how do I instill this into my kids? Well, this is pretty straightforward. It's something that I've talked about before. This is just, yeah, this is what I'm trying to drive into my kids as well, and I think it's it's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in life, instilled a lot by my parents and just different people that I've read in different different books along the way. But for me personally, I had a switch that just flipped the second that I had kids. And it's interesting because now that I'm this age and I kind of look around and see who I admire in life, who who I kind of look up to for advice or where I would like to be in the next 10 to 15 years. It's funny because one of the common denominators is that a lot of these guys or girls have kids. And I just think that as I kind of alluded to earlier, there is a different level of meaning that comes along with when you have dependence, whether that be, you know, a spouse or, uh, again, primarily for me, it's been kids. The, like, there's no deeper meaning that you need to kind of get off your ass, go to work and push forward than when you have, you know, little mouths at home that depend on you, that depend on you to bring in the money to pay for the food, to pay for the, the roof over their heads and and make sure that they've got clean clothes on their back and, you know, like, all the stuff that comes along with being a parent and all the responsibilities of that. And that's, you know, that may sound daunting to a lot of people. And this is no no disrespect if you don't have kids yet, if you're younger. Like, look, I know a lot of young guys who have an insane amount of drive as well, but I'm just saying that there really is like a new gear available to you if you have kids. <laughs> I, I don't know how to explain it unless you've had kids anybody who's listening they're like yeah yeah I know exactly what you mean as soon as I had them all of a sudden you know this person meant more to me than myself and you may have that with your spouse like I I'd say that I have that with my wife I feel like you know I'd lay down in front of a train for her I'd I'd do anything but when it comes down to kids there is no question there's no thought process that goes into that at all it's just like this person is worth or is more valuable than me by an infinite number. I, I can't even imagine putting a number on it or trying to measure this in any way. And by recognizing that value and that meaning in them, you know, that that becomes your kind of your guiding star in your life. You know, that that just that's more meaningful than anything that you're going to do for yourself. And I sorry, I'm not trying to preach here or make a case for having a boatload of kids because I I don't know, four is crazy. <laughs> we've, we've got a crazy house. And it, I don't think it matters anyway if it's one or four. But if you've got if you've got kids, there's just uh, th- this crazy drive that just takes you over. I remember f- for the first couple of months, I just felt possessed. Like there was, 
I didn't know how else to explain it because I had never experienced it before. So all of a sudden being filled by, filled by this, you know, this added just energy and drive to go, to go crush whatever goal I was heading at, because now it wasn't just about my life, you know, like anything that I'm doing now, even with this podcast, like wherever it may go, I hope it goes somewhere. I, I really do. Like, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of saying that. Like, I would love for this thing to get bigger, but you know, with work, when it comes to work or the fact that I'm trying to purchase this company and trying to build something of a foundational, a foundational kind of hopefully wealth for my family. Like my goals now extend beyond my life because as soon as I had my kids, now all of a sudden I'm looking at their lives, their kids' lives. Like you start thinking in a much bigger picture. It's no longer just about you. It's about oh shit, well, I've got to set myself up so that I can spend more time with them. But then I also have to set them up to try to get them, you know, to a starting point that's one step higher than where I was starting at. And that's, I don't even know if my dad had ever said this to me, but I remember this, this kind of lesson was ingrained in me somehow. So I'm sure that he at least kind of impressed it upon me. But it was just the idea that you know, you can, you're successful if you're able to kind of get your kids started off one step better than you were. And that's all that I have in mind for my kids. You know, it's, I'm never going to be perfect. That's not the goal. It's not to be perfect, but it's to do whatever I can to set them up better than I was. And I think that's an admirable and a realistic goal for just about anybody, especially if you're a parent, you know, that's, that's what the goal is. It's to try to get them at their starting point, just a couple steps, even one step better than where you were at your starting point. It's just trying to boost and move that generation ahead. Sorry, again, I get way off track. And I, I like talking about my kids specifically, and how they've completely changed my outlook on life. Because it's, again, it's no longer about me. It's no longer just about me and my wife. It's about us and our kids and our kids kids. And it's just yeah, your view is a lot farther down the line now after you have kids. So anyway, kind of in closing and conclusion there. So the three areas that I've found when it comes to really trying to crush something to progress through life and try to improve yourself at any given field. And again, like Dustin as a prime example, like he has, he checks off all three of these boxes. You know, he had an incredible long-term goal that many may have thought was delusional. Maybe he wouldn't have even been encouraged to have that goal because if he was unable to obtain it, maybe it would have crushed him. Who knows? Maybe that's, and that's probably where the doctor was coming from in saying that, just trying to keep him realistic. But he maintained that long-term goal. He had measured success along the way. He also had the absolute drive and dogged determination to go after it with every cell in his being. And then he had the why. He had the support network. He had his wife, his kids. And all that put together is exactly what I'm trying to lay out in this episode. And it's something that, you know, taking lessons from Dustin's life, like I'm trying to apply them directly to my life. This is the mentality that I've had kind of for a while now. And again, it's shaped a lot through reading or just mentors, parents that I've had in my life. But those to me seem to be the three keys to drive forward in anything. You've got to have, maybe it would be considered delusional, but have some 
really big end ideal that you're constantly striving for, just something that you're always moving forward. Yes, have the little goals along the way to keep you motivated and to keep you, you know, feeling content, feeling like you're doing something, you're conquering these little steps along the way, but make sure that you have something that may seem unrealistic, but it's something that you're constantly driving at. So you've got that. Then you've also, let's face it, it's 90% of it, 85% of the equation is that effort. You've got to be able to bring it every single day. And that's the tough part. I mean, well, not every single day. You don't need 110% every day. That's unrealistic for anybody. But it's just, it's about being as consistent as you possibly can. Because keep in mind, if you're, if we're talking about for work specifically, there are people around you competing for those different positions all the time. And so it's not, it's not necessarily about beating them, but at the same time, you've got to, you've got to keep that in mind that that's part of the workforce. That's part of life. There's competition. There's only so many positions within a company. And if you're trying to move up those, the number of positions shrink down, right? So just keep that in mind. It's not a negative thing. I'm not saying to be unfair or chop your competition off at the legs. It's just, it's about being consistent, honing your skills, sharpening yourself as you go along and just being mindful of it. And then the last thing again is that why, that that driving force in your life. And again, it, it, you don't have to be a parent. I, I know a lot of young guys, uh, you know, I've got friends who are my age who don't have kids who are incredibly driven as well. I'm just saying that for me, it was my kids. And that's that is the engine that makes me go every single day. And when I look around at some of my other friends or people that I look up to, that's kind of the same fuel, the same mojo that gets them going every day. It's driving forward for their kids, trying to build something that they can hand off to their kids to that next generation. And it, you know, that meaning is a lot deeper than their own life. It's, it's a much longer term, farther outlook for their goals. And so I'm just trying to relate what I use for that kind of a fuel. But for you guys, it may be something different. And whatever that is, I'd love to hear it. And I'm going to try, actually, so that kind of that kind of wraps up the three areas that I really wanted to talk about today. And uh, finally, I'm looking for, like, look, I've, I'm brutal when it comes to social media. I feel like I'm just imposing on people's news feeds. I'm not a big poster. I just don't like to, you know, again, I, I don't want to impose on anybody. So... But I'm always open for messages. Like I love hearing from you guys. It's honestly, it drives me forward every single week. I love it. It's my it's my favorite part of doing the podcast is receiving feedback, hearing if you guys liked an episode or a direction where you'd like me to take the podcast, something that you'd like to talk about. Or again, like I'm open for conversations whenever. I I'm trying to kind of mix up my my episodes from solo to a conversational type episode, but Recently, my, we had some of the COVID restrictions lift up, so my son's baseball season was basically shrunk down from three months to three weeks, and it uh, I wasn't able to get much of any conversations kind of scheduled. I was just sprinkling in little bits of solo recordings whenever I could, so... Anyway, I'm I'm open to any kind of feedback. Love hearing from you guys. And again, if you guys uh, want free stickers, just shoot me an email. I'll send them off to you right away. And uh, yeah, I think that's it for today. I hope you found some value in this week's episode. If you did and are interested in more content like this, please rate, review, subscribe, and recommend the podcast to a friend. I really appreciate all the feedback you've given me to this point and look forward to hearing from you again. As always, the podcast page is The Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Facebook. 
at Jacket Plaid on Twitter and at Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Instagram. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for the continued support and especially to those of you who reach out weekly with comments on each episode. Have a great week and I'll talk to you all again soon.